Cool, right. man. How you doing? Good, good. <laughs> good. How are you? I appreciate you changing the time or allowing the time to be changed on short notice. When I arranged with you earlier, bless my wife's heart, she was like, oh, you can still do it. But I'm like, no, she was in the middle of baking and cooking. And I'm like, I am not going to step away for an hour while she's doing all that. And bless her heart. She said, go ahead. But I'm not, like, no, no, I'm sure Drew can do a different time. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And she appreciates that. Yeah. Yeah, been a long day for you then? Or did you get a uh, Sunday nap? Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> a nap. Uh, what a quaint idea. Boy. No, I don't nap, actually. I just don't nap. Never been the type, huh? Well, like every human, I've dozed off in the middle of the day. But as a practice or something that I can do on a whim, no, I don't nap. I, I sleep five, six hours a night, and that's it. Okay, okay. You Maybe seven. To, uh, get by with. I, I guess so. It keeps me looking young. You know, lack of sleep. That's the secret. It's what causes you to never, ever doze off in the middle of a podcast recording session. Is that right? I've done it a couple times, yes. <laughs> and I'll try, I'll try my hardest not to do that now. The beauty of editing is I can, uh, de- I can uh, delete or cut out the, the dozing moments. Um, I will say this. Your editing has uh, proven able to hide all matter of faults. Uh, <laughs> and I give you a lot of credit for that. So, well, <laughs> kudos. Well, yeah. So Drew, what he's speaking to, ladies and gentlemen, is if you remember his last episode that he did with us was the uh, crazy YouTuber episode, which is great. It's got some good traction on the show. I sent Drew a message. So this is full disclosure. I, I sent him a message while I was editing, and it didn't occur to me until I was editing. And this will actually come out when you're actually re-listening to a conversation or anyth- anything. You're like, oh, I said that joke. That wasn't very funny. Or uh, I did a lot of whisker words or whatever it might be. But then I was listening to, to our conversation. but And I was like, Drew was very, <laughs> very combative and cankerous. And the, what was it? The dry humor or <laughs> he drippeth with sarcasm. And uh, I, I thought it was the Southern charm at first. Like, no, I think he's a little bit honorary right now. And so I sent him a message. I said, were you a little bit honorary during that recording? And uh, what was your response? Oh, I take full uh, accountability for uh, things that happen on the evening. As I recall, you gave me about 15 minutes warning as <laughs> before we recorded this podcast. And if I can give you full disclosure, I think it may have been. And I'm trying. I was trying to retrace some things. I thought it might have been the night that the NBA canceled the season. Oh, I know how you, the Canadians yeah. feel about basketball. Uh, oh yeah, having uh, we have a ch- crowd championship. Yeah, up there. sure. But uh, you know, it it wasn't a great night. It wasn't a great. Was night that the for, same day? Uh, I think it was. I oh, think wow. it was. Okay, and that's fair. You know, the NHL, which I follow very closely, it cancels shortly thereafter, or if not the same day. Yeah, that's funny. It seems like a lifetime ago. I mean, it's kind of behind the curtain here. We recorded two to three weeks before episodes are released. Uh, so right now we're in the uh, midst of the pandemic. Or I should say, is it the midst? Are we in the middle or are we at the beginning? Or what? what where are we at, do you think? In this, uh, I don't think you or I are qualified to speak to that. So back to, uh, yeah, so you were a little bit honorary that night. And I will say that it was short notice. And the reason why I gave you short notice was, one, I needed a co-host and I knew I could count on you. And two, I knew that you're intelligent, you're smart, you're good on your feet. If anyone could uh, do the challenge of a short notice episode, it was you. Uh, I will hit your curveballs, but I won't be happy about it. Okay, fair enough. And you did knock it out of the park. You did a great job. It was good banter, and but there was stuff I did cut out. There was... <laughs> So cutting, cutting room floor is going to be good. You're going to release the uh, the cantankerous cut of that podcast. 
podcast, and, and I'm, I'm very uh, looking forward to it. Release the cantankerous cut. Make that trend. <laughs> the cantankerous cut. No, because Drew, and I wish people could see your face. He smiles for the majority of these recordings, and uh, he's, a, he's a good man. And I do appreciate uh, your time and, and uh, being one of my guest co-hosts. I, I think i got a nice rotation going on now of different flavors and different people bringing different things to the different topics. I know when I give you, quote-unquote, the assignment, I always know that it's going to be thorough, if not well-read, well-spoken. And you do bring a, a good foil to to my uh, lack of preparation. So thank you. <laughs> I think our styles interact well. And I will uh, follow up on most recent episode on uh, contagious diseases. Mm-hmm. I listened to that recently. I thought your guest host, uh, Zip, was fantastic. He was very, very good, good um, a partnership with you. And uh, look forward to hearing more of the two of you if you choose to do things like that in the future. I thought that was a great episode. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll pass that along uh, to Zip. I know he listens to the show. I don't think he's a regular listener to the show. He, I think he picks topics that he wants to listen to, and he's busy with his own podcast. But yeah, he's a great guy. Very, uh, very obviously a very natural podcaster. And uh, I find myself when he guest hosts with me, I, I do a lot of listening, and uh, he's good. He's good. And you are too. Today's topic, well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Cue the music. Yeah, let's go. Oh, sorry. I stepped on you. All right, now we'll go. Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get. From Canada and Florida, Ryan and Drew. Welcome, everyone, to the Worst of the Best podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and with me again, guest host, Drew. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing very well. I don't want to make any sort of a reputation here. We're going to throw this around, but maybe this will be my last. Maybe this will be my last episode. What do you think, Ryan? Maybe oh. this will be the last. <laughs> Why, do you have a fever? Or are you coughing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know you do bring on guest hosts just to uh, ask them to demonstrate their symptoms uh, from time to time. But no, no, I'm, I'm feeling great. I just, you know, I don't want to wear this too thin. No, not at all. I, uh, I would not invite you to come on if I did not appreciate you. And I know our audience appreciates you. How are you feeling? How are you doing, though? How's everything in uh, Florida where you're at? Uh, are stores busy? Are they empty? Are people dying? What's going on? Depending on when the, the listeners hear this. The rumors are true. Florida is what they say it is. Golf courses are open. Hmm. Beaches are more or less open. Hmm. Uh, Hobby Lobby is still a very strong and essential presence in all of our lives. I haven't noticed a whole lot of change. This is uh, probably a result of uh, political partisan leanings of our governor and economic uh, rationales. But at this time, uh, I I don't really think a whole lot has changed. I work from home. I I could have done that at any point in the past several years. So (laughs) that sort of change was just a very practical sort of decision a couple weeks ago. Okay. How about you, Ryan? You know, it's funny. I I did a tweet the other day where I said, look out the window or look at mainstream media and you tell me which one's telling you to fear. What you're hearing is sort of smart people telling you to fear even when it seems like there is nothing to fear. 
if we give them the benefit of the doubt, yes, that is the smart person thing. It's like an insurance company telling you about layers of mm. risk mm. that if you hadn't analyzed the situation from every conceivable angle and put a lot of money into it, no, you wouldn't have conceived of these certain risks. If you, if you get the intelligent people in the room, it, it's, it's sort of like bringing in a lawyer. He's only going to give you the bad news. You sort of see that from the people that are telling you to do things that you wouldn't normally do that don't seem immediately necessary. There's some foresight that goes into that, and there's some foreseeability into their suggestions or recommendations. Yeah, well said, as always. But the family's healthy. Yeah, my job is such where uh, I'm a trainer at the military school for basic training, you know, boot camp. We're on hold right now. The recruits are home. Our mission right now, so to speak, is to stay safe until this pandemic or COVID environment is such that we can reopen the school doors. Uh, so I do what little work I do from home. So I'm kind of on like paid leave and it's not leave as vacation. I just, I have no choice. There's no mission for me right now other than just to wait. I just I kind of have a bit of a luxury in that sense. So I'm grateful for that. How does it make you feel? Are you doing 40 hours a week? Do you feel guilty if you don't? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I talked to my, my wife about this. Like, I, I call it survivor's guilt in some ways because I know there's people that have lost their jobs, lost income, and I haven't. But my wife reminded me that I have spent years away from my family over my military career, like cumulative years. I, I've done it over three years at sea, just being on the ocean, just literally bobbing on the ocean for three calendar years total away from my kids. I've missed first steps. I've missed birthdays. I've missed anniversaries. That doesn't include duty watches and training and everything else. So to be fair to myself, I have years away from my family that, you know, I'm going to take advantage of this now and be with them when other people got to be with their family years past when I wasn't there. So it's half dozen one the other. So this is my chance to be home now. I think you're finding the positive uh, spin on this. And, you know, I think not part of your country, but your sacrifice is certainly um, acknowledged. Thank and you. the things that you do and the things that uh, you think that you deserve to do now, you certainly have good reason for justification in that sense. I'm still able to do my job completely and I still do it almost as many hours as I would if I okay. reported to the office. And so I don't feel really any differently about what I do or what I get paid for doing. And okay. there's still a lot of progress to be made. The same way. I just wish none of this was happening. I wish everyone was healthy. I wish everyone had their jobs. I wish everyone was, yeah. Uh, I'd like to get a haircut, Ryan. I'd love to get a haircut. My wife does mine. She did a good job. It's looking fresh. It's looking fresh. Thank you. If she's planning on traveling to the Sarasota area, I'll, I'll shoot you a DM. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a fun, easy topic today. I thought we got some hard times around us, there, especially with a few episodes ago. We talked about the diseases that are continuously killing people regardless of the COVID-19. Let's do a kind of a, a light-hearted episode. Today's episode is about celebrity items so items that were owned by celebrities that people have paid money for when you gave this topic i immediately thought of one thing okay. and i'm not spoiling anything because it's not on the list i okay. don't know if the list was maybe created afterwards but do you remember a couple of weeks ago the uh gamer girl bathwater no i, I don't know this one was still not determined to not be the reason for COVID-19 is a gamer girl named Belle Daphne that was actually selling bottles of what she called her bath water that fits in with the, uh, with the theme of our list. It's just not on there. I see it here. Okay. Uh, she's selling, it's called gamer girl bath water. As you stated, it's bottled while I'm playing in the bath. This really <laughs> is bath water. 
Disclaimer, this water is not for drinking and should only be used for <clears throat> sentimental purposes. Do you want to know how much it costs per bottle here? And the bottle is about the size of a lip balm, like chapstick bottle. You know, those little like uh, round canister. What do, you, do you have Carmex in the States? We do have Carmex. I would just say for the listeners, well, listeners, it's the size of any of your souvenir bathwaters. Oh. I know that you guys do this all the time. You guys have, you guys know how big a vial of souvenir bathwater is, right? Everyone knows. It's a common, common measurement. Okay. And guess how much one of those go for? I, I, I couldn't put a pin on it. 20 bucks, 30 bucks? 250. <laughs> Right. Oh, well, man. and this gives oh, man. and this gives you an idea. And this is somebody I've never heard of. So here she is selling "quote unquote" <clears throat> the bath water that she's uh, bathed in. Sure, maybe, maybe not. Who cares? Uh, even if it was or isn't, but it gives you an idea of this individual who I've never heard of before. I've never heard of Gamer Girl, but she's able to warrant two hundred fifty dollars worth of a tablespoon of water. So now when we start talking about the names that we're gonna talk about, it might kind of put in perspective the prices that people are willing to pay for other items for some of these names. Because every name on this list is somebody I've heard of. Yeah, we're gonna call Bell Daphne an honorable mention. Just something that came to mind because sometimes you give me this topic and I are I I already know. We're on the same wavelength. I know what you're getting at. Okay. Uh, but go ahead and tell us about number 10. Sure. Now, this is uh, John Lennon's item. And I was reading a little bit about John Lennon's bio here. This is a individual I think we need to do a list on one day about some of the less than positive things that John Lennon is known for. And I won't give anything away because I want people to listen to that episode. But I thought of you, and I thought maybe a John Lennon episode might be a good, a good thing. Basically, things that he's not necessarily known Unpleasant facts is what I'm getting at. Sure, sure. I have actually seen that movie starring Jared Leto about his uh, mm. assassin. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a lot of films that go into different angles on John Lennon's life, uh, some of them not being the flattering ones. Love to talk about more, uh, talk okay. about that more. So John Lennon, as you know, was the one of the two singers to the Beatles in competition with Paul, but I guess even... Uh, well, they all sang at some point. But the point is, the two, the two frontmen were Paul and John, and he had a toilet in his mansion. Now, he lived in this mansion with Yoko Ono from 1969 to 1972, okay? There's a picture of this toilet, and I wish people could see it, but just Google John Lennon's toilet. It almost looks like a Chinese, looks, I would say, well, I should say Chinese, it, uh, Asian artistry on it, so I would probably assume he's Yoko Ono Japanese. I don't even know. Is she, is she Ooh, not 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 qualified to answer that question. Yeah, well, it's not it's nothing racist about. It. I mean, she's not well, she's not African American, so we can eliminate the races she's not. Uh, that might just be <laughs> Is that how we do it, Ryan? <laughs> like, <laughs> Process of elimination. Well, we know she's not African American. Okay, she's not European. <laughs> she's not Anglo European. Okay, she's. I think she's Japanese. But what that being said, this does have. Uh, you see the picture. It has what what you would say kind of an Eastern flair to the design on the toilet. It's got flowers and butterflies, and it almost looks like a something you would drink tea out of. If but a big portion of it, but this is where John you Lennon had to go there, Ryan. You had sorry, to go there. but this is not tea. It's it's pee. <laughs> this is John Lennon's toilet. When he moved out in 1972, he gave the builder of his house his toilet. So he donated this to the builder of the house, and he said you can use it as a as a plant pot. 
Just imagine <laughs> you give someone that provides a service to you, like a, a, like a gardener or a, a, whoever this guy was. He knows that it was your toilet, and you tell him that he can repurpose it for some other use. Hmm. You know when you listen to songs and you miss your lyrics? You, you sing along, you think that's what they're saying, but you find out later that's read the linear notes. It's not what, what was actually being sung. Yeah, yeah, happens to me all the time. Big sing-along-in-the-car person. And very rarely do I have the lyrics there with me. This happened actually in one of John Lennon's most famous songs, Imagine. We hear the lyrics, Imagine All the People, but he's actually singing Imagine All the People. (laughs) (laughs) And they say that you don't prepare for these. And they say that you don't really get ready for each individual podcast. (laughs) No, I literally just, just thought of that. I'm sorry, I just thought of that. So this was sold at a bazaar in 2010. It took place at the Paul McCartney Auditorium in Liverpool, and the person who paid for it almost paid 10 times the original asking price for the auction. And he paid, I, I should I don't sorry. Know you can put a price on something like this, quite honestly. Well, he paid 11000 almost $12,000 for this toilet bowl. Well, it's certainly a collector's item. And my perspective on this is it's an entirely reproducible collector's item. Imagine how many homes John Lennon had. Imagine how many bathrooms there were in these homes. There were a lot of John's John's. He could have done this every single time, certainly made a lot of friends, and they would have made a lot of money on the secondhand market. It's strange to me to think that someone would think that this one would be unique in any way. It's just one of many places where John Lennon sat for a few minutes. Now, my question to you is, do you poo in this toilet after you buy it? But honestly, the picture that we see here, I don't know how anyone ever could. It's, well, it's ornate. It, it, <laughs> it, is, it, it, it looks a little bit too fancy in the first place. Yeah. All right. There's nothing else on this list that really falls into the category, but we can have some fun with it. (laughs) So this was John's John. Right. I would wonder, what would one pay for other celebrity items that matched up with what their name was? Have you put Hmm. some thought into this? Oh, boy. Uh, You got a list? I made a partial list. I'll tell you what I have here. I have Kristen Wiig's wig. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, I have a long list of men whose names are euphemisms for the male genitalia. That's where I start, man. Sure, that's always a easy go-to. Sure, I was hoping me- that you could help us fill this one out, Ryan. Oh, I off the top of my head, just I, I'd have to. Uh, boy, you're putting me on the spot. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think Jared Leto has some Lego that he's selling. <laughs> <laughs> We've- Lego, my Leto. Well, we have the cottage by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Uh, we've got. We'll pick this one up. We'll pick this one up. Uh, I we'll, move on to number nine. Well, don't forget that we can sell Christmas trees with Chris Pine. <laughs> There's a few. I can't. I'm just to go off the top of my head here. You know, I, I apologize. I could do better. I could do better. All right. Maybe a large hole in the ground that was uh, that was uh, sold by Brad Pitt. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I love it. Very there good. you go. So moving on to number nine on the crazy list of celebrity items that did get sold on market. This would be Kiss coffins mm. kiss that being the rock band ryan you like kiss right negative okay that's not what you were saying off air but okay i don't dislike them the way i'd say dislike nickelback they don't do anything for me craig who i don't know if you've heard of craig's voice on my podcast before craig cohan he's a big kiss fan so if he hears this episode i might break his heart a little bit but 
Shout out to Craig for number nine on our list, Kiss Coffins. These were items that were actually marketed and sold by the band Kiss. Mm -hmm. So this is different than our previous item, which was a toilet that was purchased for personal use by John Lennon. These were items that were actually marketed by the band. They never really used them, at least not according to our list here. So this is exactly what it sounds like. These are coffins that were marketed that had a good amount of pictures of the group members all on it, on the inside, on the outside. They sold for about $3,300. Now, I'm not in the market for coffins. Mm -hmm. I really can't place that as um, the the high end or the low end of coffins. But I would think because of the branding, this is more of an exclusive sort of a luxury coffin, if you will. The great thing I thought about this was that the uh, marketing included some provisions for what you should do with your coffin until you die. And actually, the picture that I've seen (laughs) is actually Gene Simmons posing next to a coffin that is not being used to hold a dead body. It's being used to be filled with ice and whole beers. Yes. How about that? Multi-purpose coffins. It's a great idea to keep your beer on ice till your body goes on ice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I actually thought the price was quite reasonable. I think coffins are not cheap. No, I don't think $3,300 is, is expensive for a coffin. I mean... And I was also going to say Kiss, what I do know about them, the little that I do know is they that is their bread and butter. They're basically a product. Their music is almost second fiddle to the brand. To the brand. And that's that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. No, it's their prerogative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of sort of entertainment brands that have made themselves that way. Since here, generally speaking, the average cost of a coffin or casket will be between a thousand to four thousand dollars. There you go. There you go. You're gonna have to spend three grand on a coffin. Might as well have some lightning bolts on it. Lightning bolts, right? Is that that kiss? And, uh, well, I don't know if they have. I'm sure they've. Uh, I'm sure they they have some lightning. They got lightning bolts. They got their signias or faces. You got Paul Stanley there with his lips pursing to kiss you goodbye as you go to eternal sleep. One of the funny things that we were able to tell from this number nine on our list, there is actually a famous person that was buried mm. in a kiss coffin. And you won't believe it. It was Dimebag Daryl from the band Pantera. How about that? Does that surprise you at all? Yeah, in a weird way, it kind of does. It doesn't surprise me that maybe Dimebag would do something like that. I'm just surprised that he likes kiss that much that he did that, if that makes sense. He should have been buried in a Pantera casket. But that being said, I do like how the kiss casket, uh, the casket is the letter K. Pretty clever. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any, any other way, right? So if you are going to Google kiss casket, make sure you do the K or you'll never find it online. <laughs> no one will understand what you're talking That's about. That's right. Kiss casket with the K, please. All right. Number eight. Now, believe it or not, I never like to say it. Because I feel like I'm bragging, but that's not my intent. But I have been told, especially in my younger years, mind you, because I'm 44 now, and I think I'm pretty close to passing the age of Elvis Presley when he died. I don't know when he died, but it was in his 40s, mid-40s, was it not? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That being said, people said that I looked like the young Elvis. I can see it. I can definitely see it. Can you see the lips and the eyes there? And like, It's the lips, I think, is the big thing. Lips and the chin. I think it is. I think it is. So and that is the last time that we will have a conversation about your lips, Ryan. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> no promises. Okay. Well, as you know, Elvis had beautiful hair. He had beautiful, beautiful hair. And like every human being, you have to get your hair cut unless you 
don't get your hair cut, then you just have long hair. But Elvis had nice coiffed and curls in the front, and he had the nice, uh, you know, pompadour on top and the sideburns. So that hair was, you know, he had his own barber, in fact. Uh, his name was Homer Gilland, and he would collect the king's hair and put them in, like, plastic bags, and then he sold them later in life at an auction, I guess after the passing of the king, because he did this in November 2002. So it's kind of weird to keep someone's hair... I will admit we've kept our baby's hair after their first haircut. We've kept those things, but I don't think I could sell. Unless my kids become popular, I don't think I could sell my child's hair in the future. You created those children. That's technically your hair. Ooh, nice. That's how that works. Check out this, though. This guy sold Elvis's hair in 2002, a final sale price of $115,000. Hundred and that's weird. Now creepiest way to make one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, maybe. Yeah. So what's creepier, the the collecting and and packaging of the hair or the buying of the hair? Oh, definitely the buying. <laughs> definitely the buying of the hair. <laughs> this was the first one on the list that you know seemed a little bit different. So we've had a guy who owned a thing that then wanted to sell it voluntarily. We had a guy who you know slapped a branding sticker on a thing and tried to sell it as a, a product uh, for profit sort of mass market and now we have this one that is a surreptitious collection of hair i always think it's kind of weird i think there's sort of this implicit contract with a barber i am not just paying you to cut my hair but i'm paying you to get rid of it and never have me speak of this again kind of deal. yeah that's actually the question i was going to ask because celebrities get their haircuts all the time i'm sure there is stuff like this out there but this was in the 50s right and maybe they weren't I mean, things weren't, I don't know, but yeah, there is some sort of like, you know, barber client privilege. Like, I love that. You like that? <laughs> barber client privilege. <laughs> well, yeah, if you think about That's it, if, if a cop comes in and says, hey, you know, I, we, we have that guy is a suspect at a, at a crime scene. We'd like to have some of that hair for a DNA test. I don't think a cop can do that. Well, that would be very interesting. So you think of things in different ways and you think of, okay, you've seen in movies a million times that they can get a saliva sample Mm. of a person from a cup that they throw away. Right. Right. And so that is you voluntarily giving your DNA because you've abandoned that cup. And that's sort of how the legal process sort of susses that out. As they say, you gave up your right to those things. It wasn't an illegal search and seizure. And of course, I'm only speaking American here. Sure, sure. But it's that sort of thing where because you threw that cup away, you said, hey, world, you want this DNA, come and get it. I don't know if that's how it is with a barber because you are paying them. You're paying them to get that hair off your head. And, and there should be that second step of, and throw it in the garbage and don't let anyone else have it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that's been in a movie at this point And for sci-fi, for, I don't know, for either for DNA testing purposes or for some sort of like cloning purposes. I'm sure there's been something about collecting hair. Mm. And you and I can speak to this, the Seinfeld episode of switching barbers and getting caught because of hair. <laughs> being left behind <laughs> that's a real thing about barber uh loyalty uh, th- when i lived back in british columbia canada before coming out here to quebec just get my haircuts now on the base here in quebec because it's convenient because it's actually where i work but back in victoria british columbia there was two barbers that i would see and i always felt bad because i would rotate between the two barbers depending on geographically where i was during the day that i needed a haircut so if i was Driving home from work, one barber was more easily accessible, 
But if it was on the weekend, I would go to the other barber, just depending on what my schedule was like and the hair length at that time. And I always kind of felt bad because I did like one a little bit more than the other because she was more personable. And I would go to her, and it had been like six weeks, let's say. And it's obvious during that you know six-week period, I had been somewhere else. I had this weird feeling like I was cheating on my barber. They do give you that attitude, especially in this day and age where they try to keep track. I mean, even if you go to some of the strip mall type of places here, they'll keep track of, you know, how you like your hair cut and when was your last visit and who mm. cut it last time and all these different things. You always sort of feel like they're giving you this look like it's been eight weeks and that's not eight weeks worth of hair on your head. Where you been, bro? I, <laughs> I don't feel like the second degree is necessary for a $15 haircut, but that's that's where we are these days. Elvis Presley's hair, that's a funny one. That's yeah, good. Number seven on our list, different story here. And this is one of the first ones that I had actually heard of hmm. before our list, uh, gamer girl bathwater notwithstanding. <laughs> this uh, number seven on our list is Russell Crowe's jockstrap. Hmm. So the story of this one goes that uh, Russell Crowe was in the movie Gladiator in 1999. Very good movie, mm-hmm. something that I really appreciate that film. Mm-hmm. He um, was a sex symbol after that. He went on to star in several other movies, including Cinderella Man Mm -hmm. in 2004. After that, he went on to sell one of his used on film jock straps from that latter movie. Mm. He was hoping to get about five or $600 for it. He was doing it for charity. He just wanted to get rid of this sort of movie memorabilia. And it actually sold for $7,000. And one of the things, the reason why I heard about it was that <laughs> you'll never believe where this $7,000 Russell Crowe jockstrap wound up. It wound up in a blockbuster store as some sort of a gimmick to try and get people to come in, view Russell Crowe's jockstrap, and maybe rent a video. And this was in the dying days of Blockbuster. So it was really kind of weird that they would think this is how we're going to save our dying industry is we're going to get movie memorabilia like famous people's worn underwear. And this will be a gimmick that will save the store. That's pretty much the story of it. It wasn't something, I mean, this has been something where you've heard about Russell Crowe selling off this memorabilia because he went through a divorce. I'm not sure if it's because he needed money or if he was trying to clear out space, one thing or the other. But this is just sort of a funny story of a guy selling some movie memorabilia. Well, I'm just checking out his net worth right now. I don't think he needs the money. He's worth about $95 million right now. Is that his 95 or is, is you know does he have 47 of it right now? No. I, anytime you do these net worths, they're usually pretty good and up to date. And they do factor in people's divorce. What I really like is imagining the conversation as Russell Crowe is going around his warehouse of movie memorabilia. And it says here that he was hoping to get 500 bucks. What is it about Russell Crowe that just looks at an old jockstrap and goes, I can probably fetch 500 bucks for that? How do you even say that sentence? You just have no idea what crazy people in the world are going to pay, right? Well, he's worth $95 million after the divorce. Okay. Okay. So get his divorce lawyer, guys, if you ever go through divorce. Boy. He's Australian, right? Yes. And I like him. I like him. I know he's got a bit of a – he's kind of a brute in some ways. Kind of a – his bedside manner isn't the greatest maybe with some people at times on set. But as far as an actor goes, the movies that he does, I do enjoy his theater. I do enjoy what he puts on the screens. I, I always say sometimes like, you can like the art, not the artist. 
I'll be honest, I tend to find him a little boring in a lot of the stuff he does, but uh, Gladiator was a good film. It was. So was Cinderella Man, for that matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of young talent now, I should say, or younger talent at the time, uh, I guess he's about our age now. I think he's closer to my age than yours. I know you're a little bit younger than me, but that's Justin Timberlake, okay? And back in the heyday of his, the zenith of his popularity when he sang with the band In Sync. You ever heard of the band In Sync? Yeah, yeah, I, I I am of the correct age group for in sync. Okay, yeah. so this was in two thousand. Boy, twenty years ago, can you believe it? That that was their zenith, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, I can I can believe it. It sounds about right when you listen to those things. They don't sound current at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, Justin Timberlake, he was even back then, even though it was a five member boy band, he was the one that the girls liked the most. He was uh, handsome and talented, and he still is handsome and talented, but back then in 2000, when he was just a young 19-year-old kid, okay, in 2000, he had an interview at a radio station, Z100, or Z100, as you guys will say in the States. Yes, that's how we would say it, yes. Okay. So he was at a, you know, a radio interview, as celebrities will do. During this interview, or before the interview, he was served breakfast, or they gave him breakfast, figuring, oh, he must be hungry. It's probably an AM call for this interview, and they gave him French toast. Well, the chef or whoever cooked this french toast for jt it was a little bit overdone it's a little bit burnt and justin whether he took a bite out of it or not i'm not sure it doesn't say but he took the toast maybe nibbled on it and didn't finish it well the dj now this is again we're talking about you know the hair on the floor you know at what point is the item no longer the person's the dj took the leftover toast after the interview of course and ended up putting that on ebay now before we get into what it went for and who bought it i will say and if i ever interviewed anybody i would never in my life think to ever do this i'd I'd feel greasy doing that oh yeah it steps on a lot of ethical lines if you're going to be Justin Timberlake and you're going to do these sorts of interviews, one in a hundred is is going to be unscrupulous. And that's what you open yourself up to. You think the radio station would have some sort of protocol like, hey, you work for us. You represent our station and we're going to have celebrities come through here. Don't do that. Well, yeah, I would think that if the radio station found out that the DJ did this, he should be fired. Absolutely no questions. Because he represents the radio station and and Justin Timberlake, sure, he's going to see that this happened and Mm -hmm. he's probably just going to roll his eyes because it's part and parcel with what he's doing. Like I said, he's going to these places. It seems like someone offered him a plate of breakfast and he declined it. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had to be concerned with every plate of food that he ever either ate off of or didn't eat off of. That, that would be just a life that Justin Timberlake could not adore. So he's got to let this stuff sort of roll off his back. But at the same time, he's probably thinking, I'm not going back to that radio station. No. Do you have any comparison of Justin Timberlake to, like, Justin Timberlake's lips to your lips? you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Let me just take a look at Justin here for a second. Uh, or his eyes. I just want to know. Uh, no, definitely no. I think Justin and I have the same uh, singing voice, but uh, that's about it. Probably, like the falsetto. You yeah. just match that. Yeah. yeah. And I think I dance like JT. Right. Yeah. You rock that body. I yeah. understand. I brought Sexy back a long time ago. A long time ago. It's left me a long time ago, too. An individual named Kathy Summers, who was also 19 at the time, she bought the toast from the DJ for $1,025. 
Incredible. Uh, fangirl, right? I would think so. And she was interviewed and asked, what are you going to do with the toast? And she said, I'll probably freeze dry it, then seal it, then put it on my dresser. She's thought this through. She was probably just waiting for this certain eBay sale to pop up. Like someone's going to advertise Justin Timberlake's French toast. And when they do, I know exactly how I'm going to react. She's 39 now. She probably has a family of her own. I wonder where that toast is now. Well, it's been freeze-dried for posterity. I mean, it, it'll probably outlast us all, Ryan. Do you think she nibbled on it at least a little bit, licked where he might have bit? <laughs> it, it probably consoled her when she was sad. There's probably some her tears mixed in with the French toast. All right. You're lucky you got number five. I am lucky. Number five on this list, this is Jennifer Lawrence's sports bra. Mm. Jennifer Lawrence, of course, was in those Hunger Games movies. And since then, uh, you and I have spoken about one of her movies with Chris Pratt. And, you know, she's otherwise known as one of the most beautiful actresses in Hollywood today. Mm. There was a bidding for one of her used sports bras in 2013. It was at an auction house in Los Angeles. And just to be fair, they were not just uh, advertising that they were selling one of her used sports bras. They were actually selling all of her war- wardrobe sold for about twelve grand, and the bra itself sold for a little over three grand. It was like three thousand one hundred seventy-five dollars. I think people were buying these things as part of a full wardrobe, but the sports bra was just included. But I do imagine that if it went to one of her fanboys, <laughs> that was going to be the uh, PS de resistance of the Jennifer Lawrence collection. Wouldn't you imagine? Yeah. Does it say who bought it? Who bought it? No, I don't see here who bought it. And it was from what film? Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook was that movie, um, Bradley Cooper. Maybe one of a couple she did with Bradley Cooper. I don't recall. I don't particularly recall a significant scene of her in a sports bra, but that movie not in my top Jennifer Lawrence collection, so to speak. All right. Now we're halfway through the list, and we should have said to our listeners, we didn't really discuss this. Again, we don't know the, each other's picks. We don't know. And as I often do, I kind of make my pick as we go through the list because as I hear you explain things and as I hear things in my head as I talk, sometimes I change my mind. I think the criteria for worst pick, tell me what you think of this. If every item costs the same, which one would you be least willing to spend X number of dollars on? That's fine. Personally, I mean, we always sort of go into these lists and we have our own rationale for why we do things. Sometimes it's because of our own fears or or whatever. For this one, it was pretty easy for me to just pick out the one that I would not be buying under any circumstances. (laughs) I guess I would try to say is money's not the issue. So all things being equal, you have an unlimited number of finances. So do I. You're forced to buy nine things, but there's just one thing you're just like, of the 10 things, can there be one thing I just, I will not buy? Very good. I I agree with that. Yep. Okay. Number four, I love William Shatner. I'm a Star Trek. (laughs) I love him. He's Canadian. He never ages. Well, he hasn't aged in 30 years. Plastic surgery does that. And so does hair plugs. That being said, he's quite a character. I've enjoyed him as, of course, as Captain Kirk. I love Star Trek. He's done some great TV work as well. You know, TJ Hooker, Boston Legal. Actually, he and I have something in common other than being Canadian. He's experienced having a kidney stone. Oh, really? You guys are uh, mm-hmm. brothers in kidney stone-ness. Yeah. Very good. You know, I have dance moves like JT. I have the lips of Elvis. And I have the kidney stone abilities of Captain Kirk. Quit bragging. 
Sorry. But unlike Captain Kirk, if and well, when I pass my kidney stones, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that would have ever bought mine off of me. No, I can't imagine why anyone would do that. Not, not ever, no. So not only did they buy an individual fan of Mr. Shatner's, buy his kidney stone that he passed, but they also bought the pieces of surgical equipment like the string and stint that helped him pass it. Now, I'm not too sure what the string is used for. I've actually passed a couple of stones at home, but I've been given a stint. As stones, though very, very painful, are actually quite, well, they can be big, but the average stone that the average person passes, they're quite small, though they cause a lot of pain as they move through your urinary tract and your intestines. And as it goes to your bladder, that's the most painful part. As it travels to the bladder, once it kind of sits in the bladder... It doesn't hurt anymore. And then you have one last thing to do, not to get gross here, you have to pee it out. So that bathtub of the bladder through the penile track out, you have to capture the stone in a stint. So it's like a sieve. And you thought that part was not gross? Is that what you're saying? No, it is gross. No, no, it's definitely gross. Yeah. Okay. What I'm getting at is the person who bought the stone, they threw in the stint, no extra cost. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, I think this is sort of like the Jennifer Lawrence thing. You, you wanted to buy the kidney stone, but they're not selling it a la carte. You're getting this as part of a nice little gift set yes. that comes with some string and a stint. You know, I, I think it's adorable, quite honestly. So a dude who works at the Golden Palace online, he's the owner of that thing. So he's probably got a few dollars, a gambling website. He bought the stone for $25,000. What, what does he plan to do with it? Maybe he nibbled on that too. <laughs> <laughs> expensive snack. An expensive snack. I think it does. Let me just bring up the article because I did read it. I think he put it on display. It's on display. He says here, this is a bold new addition to our fleet. Website itself has a bizarre range of collectibles, which includes a half-eaten toasted cheese sandwich said to bear the image of the Virgin Mary as well, for example. So he's got other Star Trek memorabilia. So he's basically got Shatner's stone. Maybe this sort of thing will come back when the world goes back to normal. But this sort of kitschy celebrity memorabilia just does not appeal to me, not in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going into a blockbuster because it has a jock strap. I'm not clicking on a website because it's got a picture of somebody's famous kidney stone. I'm not buying a car because it once belonged to John Voight. I'm not doing it. I will say, if in the mail, through no purchase of my own, but it just happened to be in the mail with photographic proof that this was Jennifer Lawrence's sports bra, I probably wouldn't complain. <laughs> You'd be a single man in a couple months' time. Well, <laughs> the wife doesn't have to know. I'm just saying it was it was anonymously dropped on my doorstep, and and it was a there was a little video chip there this, of Jennifer Lawrence saying, "Dear Ryan, here is my sports bra." That is all, and the end message. So be it. <laughs> I would not complain. I can see you having a very entertaining conversation. Ryan, whose sports bra is this? Oh, honey, that's Jennifer Lawrence's sports bra. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe you get away with it, Ryan. Maybe you get away with it. Yeah. Well, in this alternate reality, my ever-loving, understanding wife would just think it's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) In this alternate reality, everything works out for Ryan. That's right. Everything's coming up, Ryan. Well, speaking of beautiful actresses, I think you got the next one. I do. Number three is another beautiful actress. That is Miss Scarlett Johansson. 
Miss Johansson was on a late night show, The Tonight Show, in 2008. She was promoting a very bad superhero movie called The Spirit. She did, during her interview, have to grab a tissue, blew her nose into it, Mm. put the tissue to the side. Well, guess what? Just like Elvis's hair, that got picked up by someone and got put on the market. Now, this was for more of a positive reason. It was actually trying to help a charity called Harvest. It worked. The eventual winner paid over $5,000 for the napkin or the tissue that had a little bit of snot, a little bit of lipstick that uh, allegedly belonged to Miss Scarlett Johansson. That's all there is to this story. He's not showing that for public viewing, I do not think that his uh, wife or girlfriend approves. <sighs> She's pretty. Yeah. But snot, not so much. Again, this sort of seems like, why is this going on the market if not to try and attempt to mine her DNA right. or get some sort of personal information? It's just sort of too gross for any other reason. The hair, the snot the lipstick. There's no rationale for this other than uh, irrational fandom or maybe some scientific endeavors. Well, if they clone Scarlett Johansson, so be it. I have no problem with more than one Scarlett Johansson walking this earth. The knowledge that there is one Scarlett Johansson that chooses to be with Colin Jost is evidence that there must be other Scarlett Johansons that are not choosing to be with Colin Jost. Don't you agree? I'm always amazed. Uh, look, I'm not the best looking guy in the world, but there's sometimes where I see the lips of Elvis, the moves of Justin Timberlake, <laughs> not the greatest looking guy in the world. No, it's <laughs> the same guy that I've been talking to for 30 minutes here. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I see some celebrity females, and bless their hearts, but there were some of these guys where I'm just like, wow, all right, good for him. You want to say low self-esteem, or you want me to? No, it's not low. It's just perplexity. No, no. Oh, for the low females. <laughs> Ryan, your self-esteem is quite high enough. <laughs> all right, good. Now, have you ever heard of uh, this number two? Have you ever heard of Truman Capote? I have. Famous author, yes. That's right. A novelist, short story writer, screenwriter, playwright, and actor. Several of his short stories, novels, and plays have been praised. Literary classics, including the novella Breakfast at Tiffany's, and this book, which I have read, and it really is amazing, In Cold Blood. Very good. I have enjoyed Capote from time to time as well. Have you read Cold Blood? No, I have not. It is fantastic. I don't know where truth and fiction end and meet in that book. I don't care. It's entertaining. It's, it's an amazing book. Put it on my quarantine list. It's like the first true crime novel in a weird way, if that makes sense. Not my favorite genre, but worth a read, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when he died, are you going to be buried or put to ash? I'm going to be buried. Yeah, I'll be buried. Okay. So he was put to ashes. He was you got burned. a problem with that, Ryan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious if... If you want to take up more real estate on the earth for your dead, but dead body, that's your prerogative. Okay. Tell me that you that you have the ashes of Truman Capote. Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? I think now? so. I'm one of the winning bidders here. He got his body put to ashes. They went for sale just two years ago, actually. And the buyer paid forty, almost $44,000. Doesn't hmm. seem like that should be legal. I don't think that you can sell a corpse legally. Hmm. Why should you be able to sell ashes? What's well, the difference? I, I don't know. The little information I got here is set. Okay, so the person that bought it was Capote. He died in 84, and his ashes had been kept by one of his best friends, the wife of Johnny Carson. 
So she claimed, the wife here, that having them near to her was a comfort. But then she died in 2017, and whoever was in charge of making the decision, whoever was in charge of the late Miss Johnny Carson, the decision was made to put them up for sale. So I guess at that point, the owner of the Ashes were dead, and the real estate owners said, hey, we're selling these things. Nobody else wanted them. So so that's how they got sold. That's mind-blowing that another person would be cremated and of course you know then it just becomes a box right okay it's a box the box is then owned by a person and then that person dies so now there's an executor or a personal representative that is getting rid of the possessions of a dead person and that dead person owned a box you sort of gain these layers of detachment from being able to just say oh that's a person in there i I don't understand how this was legal but as far as celebrity memorabilia goes you want to own (laughs) own that celebrity i suppose this is one instance that you can all right you got the last one brother i do have the last one this one is uh well it's hard to put your arms around and you'll (laughs) understand why we've talked about brad pitt's pit well what about brad pitt and angelina jolie's breath that's number one on our list this was around the time of 2005 during the premiere of that movie that they were both in, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Did you see that movie, Ryan? I did, yeah. Pretty good for a 2005 sort sure. of action comedy, right? Yeah. And I like both actors, and I'm a fan of both, so yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. What they were doing was they were walking down the red carpet for the premiere of this movie. Some people who are allegedly engaged in the business of selling uh, selling celebrity air or celebrity breath ran behind them and just opened a jar and closed a jar on the red carpet is my understanding this was then labeled as celebrity air it was put on the market it was marketed as may or may not contain the breath of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It was then sold on eBay for an undisclosed amount. Snake oil, be damned. (laughs) We now have a new winner, Pitt and Jolie breath. Well, I actually did uh, some research on this. It turns out that the person, when they had the jar delivered to their house, the box, when they opened it, contained eight more jars from different countries. <laughs> like they could not tell which of the jars was the one that they had paid for? No, the the jar had adopted eight other jars from other countries. Oh, Ryan, what a joke. What a joke. When you tell me you did research, I am tempted to believe you. I am always drawn into your trap. People that know me know that I can come up with some pretty stupid jokes pretty quickly. You lead into it. You had me thinking that you did some research. Oh, I should have never fallen for it. Should have never fallen for it. Good one. It turned out that the breath inside the jar had been fighting the whole time. Apparently, uh, they were fighting about uh, Jennifer Aniston's breath at at an earlier event. Out of all of these things, if one of these things was someone selling Jennifer Aniston's breath, I think that would be number one on my list. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she's like 50, 51 now. Good for her. I think she is. Okay, so there you go. Those are our 10. Do you want to go through the 10 there? I'd be happy to. It's pretty simple on this one. Number 10 on our list is John Lennon's toilet. One of many, I presume, but this one was the one that was famous. Number nine was Kiss Coffins coffins with a k you'll never find them on the internet if you don't spell them with a k 
Number eight on our list, what we found uh, initially a little bit creepy, Elvis Presley's hair. Elvis Presley's hair that was collected and then sold and purchased. Number seven on our list was Russell Crowe's jockstrap from the movie Cinderella Man. Number six on our list was, I guess we'll call it Justin Timberlake's French toast, but he never accepted it. So Justin Timberlake's would-be French toast, we'll call it. He may have taken a nibble. He may have touched it. He may have breathed on it, in which case... (laughs) Number five on our list, Jennifer Lawrence's sports bra, mm. sold as part of a collection with some other clothing, but who the hell cares about that, really? Mm-hmm. Number six on our list, William Shatner's kidney stone, sold as well as some string, some string. We can't a stint, a stint. Were. I don't know what the string was for, but you also got the cylinder that caught the stone. I'm pretty sure the string was important. They wouldn't include the string for no reason, right? True. Let's, number three, Scarlett Johansson's used tissue. Snot, lipstick, and all. Number two, Truman Capote's ashes. So technically Truman Capote, let's just say. Truman Capote was sold. Number one is something that may or may not be a jar of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's breath or air. Those were our ten. Ryan, you want me to go first with my worst or you want to go? You go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. I really think that this one was pretty simple to me. I would not be buying anyone's hair. Elvis Presley's hair, no matter what the price was. I don't know what you would do with it. The only thing that you would do with it would be serial killer, hope that David Lynch makes a movie about me sometime type of stuff. Don't you agree? I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you okay. Know, I, you think that there are some very reasonable uses for Elvis Presley's hair. Well, I don't That's know if you read. No, no, no. Well, you are a lawyer at heart. Look at you throwing words in my mouth on the stand. Objection, Your Honor. Leading the witness. No. Uh, <laughs> I did not say that. I, I mean, I'm just looking at a picture of Scarlett Johansson here, for example. There's very few celebrities where I would be opposed to having their hair. I, it, hair itself is not a repulsive thing to me. I wouldn't have to have a lot of it, but if I had a Ziploc bag of somebody's hair would be kind of interesting to touch the hair that was on their head. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I find you more fascinating for that take. Fair. I don't think you and I have agreed on any of our picks. Well, I mean, what fun is that? We did agree. You know who we agreed on? We agreed on Jesse Ventura. (laughs) Jeez. That's right. I would love to have Jesse Ventura's hair if he had any. <laughs> I was going to say, Ryan, you have the lips of uh, Elvis Presley and the hair of Jesse Ventura. Well, I mean, not, not him anymore. He wishes he had my hair. Okay. Yeah. My pick here, again, all prices being equal and all these things were going to land on my doorstep. Which one would I be not unhappy that it didn't make the trip? Would be Scarlett Johansson's tissue. Fair enough. You just don't have the equipment to do the Johansson cloning process. Is that what you're saying? Well, if I had a cloning machine, then I would handle it. Without a cloning machine, there's no need. I, I don't. That's, that's what I was saying. You don't have the equipment. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do anything with that. Okay. Had it just been her like lipstick kiss, different story. But it, it had mucus. Mm-hmm. Mucus was, I think, the main selling point. It's a, it's a feature, not a bug. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that was fun. I think it took our mind off the virus for a little bit until I just brought it up. Until you started talking about snot and let us into viruses. Yeah, it was a very, very pleasant evening chatting with you tonight. It absolutely was. So stay safe out there. And remember, in front of every silver lining, there's a cloud. And Drew and I helped you find it today. Always a good time, Ryan. Take care. Thank you, Drew. You too. You too.